for over 3,800 years. <laughs> Ever since the Grand Canyon was formed, that we are fucking flying through. <laughs> Look at all this water. By 2022, it's going to be gone. <laughs> what, what did you have? A couple of Chardonnays? <laughs> what happened to the goddamn water in the WWF Canyon? It's gone. And we couldn't do nothing about it. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Everyone and welcome to an exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we will take our second step on our 1988 journey. I don't want to say just World Wrestling Federation because I've been watching a little bit of Jim Crockett promotions, and uh, we're, we reserve the right to dabble every now and then, especially during time periods in which Kevin Sullivan is giving promos on the regular. And for something like that, there's nobody that would, I would rather have than my guest at this time. There's that phrase. My amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world. A man who definitely understands the concept of knocking off early on a Friday, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? How about it? <laughs> how, how are you, Pete? I was I was thrilled when you said that you stopped working an hour before me. So I just decided, you know what? I already put in my 40 hours. So, well, and, and the good thing is, is nobody I know listens. Nobody that I work with listens to the show. So I can actually say my boss, my boss sent me a message at like he told me at 1130 today that he was leaving at noon. Yeah. So my day's pretty much been done. It's since noon. <laughs> so how about it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I figured that you needed something to do heading into the weekend, sure. especially with some of the recent texts that you sent me. Uh, right, right as I was logging on to Skype, you said, "Just watching Tom Pritchard versus Bret Hart." Hmm. So you must be watching some '95. '94. Uh, it was February '94. It was the Monday Night Raw. Uh, Savage had our Savage checked out. Like he's. It's 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 weird. Cause, <laughs> no, because Savage actually is not terrible in '91 when he's doing commentary. Uh, but that might have been because he actually wanted to take time off. Yeah. And so he was okay with doing commentary. But man, by '94, he's just awful. Yeah, it, it, the effort definitely isn't there. I I think also having Piper there probably helps too because then then yeah. you can kind of split the load. But. Your, ne- your next text a minute later was Vince is interviewing Donnie Wahlberg on the phone. And I, I had to get to the ba- basement. I had to get to the computer quickly to save you from that because we're going we're going back to 1988 WWF. And yeah. this is glorious. And for I, for one, had I screened these to, you know, kind of figure out where the event centers are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the various episodes. In this one, we do not have a specific event center. Oh, it's the generic kind. Yes. However, okay. however, at the end, uh, our our final event center is going to be the greatest GFA Live event center of all time. Oh, oh, good. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm okay with I'm okay with 1988 generic event centers. It's when 
wrestling started to get real sad, you know, like in the in the early mid nineties. <laughs> the yeah. general the generic event centers were kind of like lame. Let's so. re let's rerun that Repo Man promo about Crush being nervous wrestling <laughs> in front of eighty thousand people. <laughs> yes, because when I think of Crush, I think of I think of nervous. I think of nerves. Yeah. All right, so. All right, kids, here we are. Look, kids, the Grand Canyon of the WWF. WWF, what the world is watching. And I'm obsessed oh. I'm obsessed with finding out how little water is in that canyon now compared with 88. Yes. Yes. Big news, though, we, we got a change in the Superstars taping location. Oh, we're and, no longer in uh, Greenville, Kentucky, or wherever the hell they were before? <laughs> Greenville, Kentucky? <laughs> um. It, it was, uh, wasn't it West Virginia? Was it Topeka, Kansas? I don't remember. Yeah, West Virginia, I think it was, yes. Yeah, it was West Virginia because I, I went on that jag where I, I basically slandered the entire Virginia. state. Even though the only area of West Virginia that I've ever been to is that little sliver that kind of <laughs> goes up between Ohio and Pennsylvania that nobody ever thinks of. Yeah, that's where Bethany is. Where yeah, Beth- our, good, our good friend Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment went. I'm sad that you never went to to Bethany to visit him because I went really? three t- I went three times and let me tell you that is the most fucking backwoods place <laughs> that I've ever been to in my entire life. I I think it would have been it would have been very interesting back then if you and I had taken a road trip to drive to Bethany together because at the time I don't think we knew a third as of as much as what we know of each other now so that would have definitely been a really interesting drive <laughs> yeah except for for one of the trips that i actually did take with a, a a certain person that we both know yeah uh we we, we were on a greyhound bus to Steuben, oh. steubenville ohio oh did you go see the birthplace of one dean martin I did not because the whole idea of getting to Steubenville was to get out of Steubenville. I was only going there to get directions to get away from going there. <laughs> I've always wanted to use that in some sort of context that's slightly different from, you know, I was at the pornography store. I was buying pornography or any of that. But Steubenville. Uh, but but huh. this is but I'm delighted because this is a place that you've actually been to. I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have been to the Providence Civic Center before. What? Um, yes. What if what event did you attend at the? Uh, it used to be called the Dunkin' Donuts Center, and now it's something else. I, I don't really well, care. Well, actually, but. I would have attended. Oh, if you hold on a minute, I'll actually pull up the ticket stub. I can tell you exactly. Well, um, I can I can tell you that my most recent event there was the. Bruce Springsteen Devils and Dust Tour show, which was October of 2005. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, April 10th, 1996, at the Providence Civic Center, I saw Bush um, along with, uh, I forget who else they played with, but I know that the opening band was No Doubt, and it was right after Spiderwebs had hit the radio, so like No Doubt was still like... Just getting ready to become like megastars. So, yeah. I'm glad you clarified uh, that it was Bush the band because uh, I was about to ask George W. or Jeb. <laughs> Not that there's really a good answer there. 
I saw George Bush Sr. give a speech on. It was the one where he said, like, read my lips. <laughs> no new taxes. Yay! <laughs> and then we had a tax increase. Yeah, well, you know. And then they raised but taxes. Those those things happen. Goddamn Democrats. <laughs> so Pro- Providence, Rhode Island. Now, yes. Now, like, this is an area very familiar to Vince. I mean, this is, you know, original sauce. WWF territory here. The only uh, thing that would have made this more original if it was the Cape Cod Melody Tent, right? Oh yeah, or or the old Cape Cod Arena, which I believe yes. uh, Vince and Linda owned at one time. Oh, was that what? I thought they owned the Melody Tent. That's why I thought they always had events at the Melody Tent because I thought that he owned it. So it wasn't. It was the uh, Cape Cod Arena. Yes. Oh, okay. It's the superstars of wrestling. Here to welcome the World Wrestling Federation of Providence is the executive director, John Wetzel. Oh, God. <laughs> I always love when they would have uh, like, the arena facilities guy like be like, We're, we are really glad to have the World Wrestling Federation. It sounds like Krusty saying, I endorse yeah. this event or product. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is if it was a typical Providence uh, politician. Hey. I wanted to thank yous for coming down to Providence. Uh, while you're at it, just slip the money, just slip the envelope in my pocket, and uh, no one will have any troubles. Uh, we're not going to stab anybody. We're certainly not going to pistol whip Hulk Hogan or the Warriors. You know, it's all good. You know, that impersonation I find offensive because you were underselling the accent of your general uh, Rhode Island politician. <laughs> I was really hoping that it was going to be uh, Buddy Cianci, the long time, <laughs> which I, I would explain Buddy Cianci, but I think a lot of people know from Family Guy because yeah. he's he's referenced there. I think the middle school was named well, after it's him. Well, it's Buddy Cianci Jr. High, but who, Pete, please enlighten us. Who was Buddy Cianci? He was the mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, who um, had some connections that were certainly less than savory, but he kept getting elected. Mm-hmm. And then he went to jail mm. and he came back. He ran for office. I, I don't think he won when he got out of jail, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely as the last of the old time Italian mayors is, is Buddy Cienzi. Yeah. And you say uh, like the Italian mayors of like the big cities, but then, you know, Providence is is smaller. I mean. Providence is a great city. I do like to go through Providence every once in a while. Well, like if I drive down through Providence for some reason, it's it is a nice city. I, I'm not gonna shit all over it, but it is very, it is it seems still very old school Italian, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that Bruce show in 2005, I went there in 2001 for a Providence Bruins game. Um, but ordinarily I wouldn't like, why would I drive to Providence to see minor league hockey when I could drive to Boston and see uh national minor hockey league? league. Oh, yeah. Oh. Minor league hockey. Oh. Oh. How dare you? How dare you in my own home? Well, I know that in Providence, uh, there's a, there's a great, there's a great cigar shop in Providence, Tel Aviv, and uh, it's on the waterfront and it's a really nice place to go. All right. To. Why are we being the chamber of car? Oh, wait, it's because <laughs> it's because Vince didn't tell us about all the suspension bridges. No. And, uh, <laughs> Suspension. In Providence. Suspension bridges. Um, and, yeah, when they would have the facilities guy or whoever talk, it was always funny to me because they were very unnet. They would always stand in front of a WWF Hi. logo or be blank. But the one that will never be defeated mm-hmm. 
is I don't know if he was the mayor of Nashville or whatever, but his name was Bill Boner. <laughs> and, and and having the like that WWF graphic font from like 1988 that would say like the junkyard dog or whatever, it said Bill Boner. <laughs> and that for me, it, it, by the way, it's February of 88, I believe. Tickled pink. <laughs> it's any of the superstars where they were taping in Nashville at that yes. time. Okay. So, okay. So, so let's see. Bill Boner. This, well, this is not Bill Boner. This is, uh, he kind of looks like Mike McClintock from Veep a little bit. <laughs> Will you be serious? Uh, yeah. Except more hair. It's like, it's like um, what was it? Matt, is it Matt Walsh who plays uh, Mike? Yeah, it's McClintock? Matt Walsh. Yeah. Matt Walsh. It's like Matt Walsh married John McGinley. Mm. This is, this is yes. what this guy is. Hi, I'm John Wenzel, executive. Oh, and his name's even John. <laughs> John Wenzel. Okay. Director of the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island, the capital of our little state. We're the home court of the Providence College Basketball Friars, the New England Steamrollers, an arena football franchise, and we're also the site of all the top entertainment in the state of Rhode Island, including WWF Wrestling. Welcome once again to the Superstars of Wrestling. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, he didn't sound like a complete asshole. Hi, this is John. <laughs> I'd like to talk to Tom. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that there was a little bit more on it. Apparently, he lives in North Kingston, Rhode Island. Mm. Yes. Oh, you looked him up? Uh, yeah, there's there's not much. He, he like had to provide comment on a, a oh. big fight that broke out in the stands oh. at an NHL preseason game in Providence. Oh, oh. interesting. But, uh, this was in October of 1989. So the Bruins-Canadians rivalry was pretty heated then. Yeah. But three Providence Civic Center security guards were fired Wednesday and six others suspended for beating on fans during fights at Jesus Friday night's Christ. preseason game between the Bruins and Canadians. Civic Center Executive Director John A. Wenzel said <laughs> television cameras filmed the guards using excessive force in removing brawling fans from the arena. The guards were breaking up separate fights that had broken out during the third period. Mm. Two of the fired guards reportedly punched two patriots. All three violated civic center policies. The others were suspended one to three months for violating the arena's policy against using physical force to throw out rowdy fans. Boy, that talk about an arena that didn't have uh, Dalton from Roadhouse as its uh, head of security. I want to point out the fact that he said that cameras caught so if, if the cameras had, if the cameras hadn't caught the security guards beating the shit out of the out of the fans, they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those pesky kids. Yeah, 1988 or 89, which is when that would have been uh, early early for like having security cameras everywhere. Yes, is that did, yep. that did not come in until later. Yeah. So All yeah, right. Vin, Vince and Jesse who. I am much more enamored with it than you because you um, you find Jesse's act to be a little tired. I find Jesse's act to be just mean. I, I, don't, I don't like people that are just flat out mean all the time. That's I, me, I, though. I get what you're saying, but I love when he's mean to Vince. Well, that I can understand and that I can agree with because Vince deserves it, <laughs> even to this day. <laughs> Vince McMahon, along with Jesse the Body Ventura, with your UDT SEAL training capital. That's right, Neptune's warriors and many a battle I fought right here in Providence. We're going to have lots of battles here this week. Let's get rolling. 
<laughs> Did you know that Jesse served in the military? I, I was unaware of that until just I, now. I never heard that before. Do you know what he did? Um, I was I, a I think Navy SEAL. You trained SEALs? I huh? trained SEALs in the Navy. Tell me, can they balance a ball on their nose like they do with SeaWorld? After I'm done with them, they can. <laughs> but only after I've been with them. This week, joining us on the Superstars of Wrestling, truly we, we actually have a pretty strong lineup here. Uh, we got Tito. Chico. Chico's our boss man again. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that the Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation. Look at this fucking lineup. Yeah, wow, Heart Foundation. <laughs> I love seeing the former Chico. Ah, oh, fucking outlaw Ron Bass. <laughs> my, my hero, Ron Bass, showing off his spurs. Oh, we got the British Bullfrogs coming down right now. By the way, I'm very anxious for the Spurs 76ers game tomorrow so I can bet on the Sixers because I feel like they're going to win big. Oh, okay. Coming yeah. off a tough loss to the uh, Celtics the other day. And a second tough loss to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Ah. So they damn sure don't want to go to 0-3. Do you think that the British Bulldogs are going to win whether they want to or not <laughs> right now? Oh, yeah. This is our first look at Davy Boy since he was booked. <laughs> He's not fucked right now. And they're holding up Matilda to show everybody that she is, in fact, fixed. <laughs> Gene, Gene Riggins? No, Gene Ligon. Oh, Gene Ligon. Rusty Riddle. Now, Rusty that's a, Riddle? That's a great enhancement talent name. Rusty Riddle. Mm. I had to carry that mutt down the stairs 16 years ago, McMahon. And I don't no. know. No, don't you remember? Jesse is the one who brought the dog back to the dressing room at, at three. Oh yeah. You know how it went down. I do know how it went down at three. They let it they even let him use the ring card, so what I don't understand though is why is Ozzy Osbourne not still with them managing right now? <laughs> he had other commitments and I'm, I'm gonna I have some unfortunate news to break to you. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, about we got some news coming into the desk about oh. uh, Mr. Oswald Osborne. Uh-oh. He's a little bit flaky. Oh. <laughs> Just because he said British Bulldogs forever. Five minutes from then, he completely forgot about it. Well, first of, first of all, he said British Bulldogs forever. It didn't. I don't think he said. He didn't. Now, whether or not he was asked if he was going to manage them forever or not, all he said was, British Bulldogs forever! Like, you know, hmm. I could say things that are forever. It doesn't mean I'm going to actually do them. GFA know? Live forever! That's right. Eventually, this show is going to end. It is? <laughs> Eventually. I mean, wh whether it's one of us die, both of us die. Oh, that's very, that's very morbid. <laughs> it'd, be anyway. really it'd be really funny if, like, 35 years from now, you, you die, and I start looking for a new co-host. <laughs> God, not my. realizing that I'm definitely the Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. <laughs> I mean, let me put it this way. If if we're 78 years old and you're searching for a podcast host, just fucking <laughs> retire to Florida at that point. My God. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We get an inset promo from Demolition and. Oh, good. Uh. Fuji is around, so it's a little, it's a different dynamic. You would imagine that they do the bit where Axe and Smash both talk, but in a 15 second 
inset promo, do you think Fuji's going to talk? Does he even need to? No, I don't think he talks. No, he does talk. He, I bet you he's the only one that talks. Oh, interesting. That's kind of a, that's kind of a long shot. It's like when you do the hockey bet of team a will lead after the first period, but team B will win the game in regulation. Like that, that's kind it's kind of a long shot. Well, I think that the reason why I think that he talks is because even though they are the champs, Fuji is still like they're still in their heavy, heavy heel days, you know? Yeah. So I don't think they talk. Although they, I think later in October, and I, I was kind of perusing the results, that they did at least one test drive of demolition as a face team by having them face the Bolsheviks. Oh. Because that's the perfect team to do that because nobody's going to cheer the Bolsheviks. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's not, not unless there's a big private Jim Nelson uh, <laughs> fan club that shows up that night. Well, I was going to say, no one's cheering the Bolsheviks, even if they were in fucking Russia. <laughs> no one's cheering the Bolsheviks. Well, I've seen those crowds in Russia. They turn on their own so quick, like at the mm-hmm. end of Rocky Four. They do. So, all right, so we got op- opposites here. You yeah. say that only Fuji will talk. I think that only Axis Smash will talk. Okay. Oh, okay, you I got lost. more cuss and brains. Why you ask Matula for a little advice? You've overloaded your mouth again. Your ego. You don't have the ability to do the fighting. We're coming after you. <laughs> We're not hiding, Bulldogs. Okay. I mean, I think maybe at this point... Also, in addition to test driving them as a face against the Bolsheviks, perhaps they're test driving. All right, guys, you're not going to have a manager anymore. You're going to have to do your own promo. So, Fuji, just sit there and smile like like you'll do for the Berserker promos four years from now. Who's the Berserker? Don't worry about it. That will cover in great detail. (laughs) Yeah. They they even they even brought in a guy from Japan to tell Fuji his instructions for these inset promos. No talking. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Oh, advice Matilda gives them. Vince is really trying to get us to believe that a fucking dog talks to the British Bulldogs. Well, he tried to get us to believe that the puppets talk to a Legion of Doom. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the only way that that... I know we're done with 92 when I should leave the past in the past. But <laughs> leave the past and the future. Maybe if they could have gotten Metallica on board and had, like, Master of Puppets be their song. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to need some sort of outlet to get out my remaining 92 jokes that I just thought of now. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the all right, I'll, I'll give you that, sure. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get the finisher where uh, Davy Boy presses Dynamite Kid and throws him onto the guy. Yeah. We get a Dynamite Superplex. I thought Dynamite was, like, crippled at this point. He was probably on so many painkillers that he didn't know what's what. Not only only because of his back, but because of Jacques uh, knocking out all of his teeth, which... Would have occurred around this time frame. I, I think he still has all his teeth here, but... I'm fucked. <laughs> oh, the things they did to that poor dog. I don't even want to discuss it any further than that. Damn shame what they did to that dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, who knows what they did to the dog? We don't know. <laughs> well, no, knowing what we know with how the Dynamite Kid treated humans. You know, but they always say that Hitler treated dogs very well. So <laughs> we don't know. Maybe maybe Dynamite Kid was a, was a dog lover at heart. Well, there it is. Godwin's Law showing up on this episode of GFA Live. And only about, the what, the... 20 minutes in or so. <laughs> the Rock? Oh, the other Rock. The World Wrestling Federation is seen today. Now, the ugly seed was planted this summer. Well, we're going all the way back to the summer for the origins of this Valentine-Morocco feud, which I think both of them were just pissed off at Honky Tonk Man for saying he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time because they each thought they had a claim. Mm-hmm. But they decided to fight each other rather because they considered Honky beneath them. So uh, they was. decided they decided to fight each other. Well, apparently Greg Valentine lost that feud because then he had to go fucking team with Honky Tonk Man afterwards. Well, actually, the feud had no logical conclusion <laughs> because Morocco got his ass fired in the middle of September. There is no logical conclusion to the end of the sentence. Yeah, we're we're not we're not going to have a. Um, uh, a good ending. Uh, just like in the Sopranos, Big Pussy is Big Pussy Morocco is going to disappear from here as this, well. This, 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 this defamation shit. It's an effective technique. <laughs> I guess that, fucking these people. I guess superstar Billy Graham would be Angie in this case, <laughs> like making random appearances uh, for yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah, you know. Don't yeah. you remember that time when Vince went over to? When Vince went over to Superstar Graham's house and he smashed on her friggin' windows on her car and said, if you need money, you call me. <laughs> Don't talk to Linda. Oh, yeah. I, for, I, 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 I forgot about that one. I forgot about that. Yeah. When Superstar Billy Graham, ah. Morocco's beloved mentor, was attacked by this man, Greg the Hammer Valentine. This is one of my favorite uh, Greg's Valentine episodes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, because this was early on. Because it was also on this. Well, I, I know why it's a favorite of mine. Go ahead. The episode's on YouTube, and it was posted by me. Oh, <laughs> like right. six years ago. Ah, and they haven't taken it down yet. Yeah, but it's somehow evaded. I think it's got it's it's my most views of any wrestling video. Apparently, people don't want to watch my Rick Martel's dance party video quite as much. <laughs> But the but the Larry Bird one gets taken down. Let, no, let, well Larry Bird Larry Bird Knight's still there. Oh, what was the one that got taken down? Uh, oh god, there was I, something you had that was like I thought there was a basketball related one that got taken down. No, one that got taken down was the All in the Family 20th Anniversary special, oh. <laughs> which had I believe 110,000 views. No. <laughs> and uh, one of them was Joe Morata because I think he texted me. He was like, "Yeah, I was one." Watch this video, and then I looked to see who uploaded it. It was you. <laughs> it was, those weren't his exact words. I think it was a little bit more eloquent than that. Yes, 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 yes. But the other thing from this episode of Superstar, I'm not trying to drive traffic to my YouTube channel or anything. It's June 18th, 1988 Superstars. It also featured the debut of the Big Boss Man and the Rockers. Well, do you want to tell us what the name of your YouTube channel is? Yeah, it's Peter Winson. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Listen, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> well, I don't have it really properly monetized anymore. I missed the days that year, like five or six years ago, where I got $600 for posting Larry Bird Night to YouTube. <laughs> it's like the easiest money I ever made in my life. 
so the premise here is that Valentine had, you know, won his match mm-hmm. and Morocco and Graham were coming down for their match. Yeah. And they didn't like that Valentine was abusing the guy. Never mind the fact that Morocco, five years before, is literally eating sandwiches during his matches, showing mm-hmm. such contempt. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Jimmy Hart spits at Morocco like he's fucking Roberto Alomar. Mm. Morocco chases him to the back, and Valentine is like, all right, time to take advantage of this old man and fucking put him <laughs> out for good. Wait a minute. Wait, oh, my goodness. Whoa. What's he doing? He's dropping an elbow on superstar Billy Graham. Now, wait a minute. Superstar has had a hip operation. You know that. He's not dropping an elbow on his hip, but man, he's dropping it on his hole. Wait just a minute. Wait just What is going on here? Uh-oh. Superstar Graham may need another operation. I think if what happens is going to happen. Valentine going for the figure four leg lock on superstar Billy Graham. There is no reason for this. Superstar. And he's hooked it in. Superstar Billy Graham with a history of leg problems. He walks around with a cane. And apparently Greg Valentine is going to make that a permanent cane. Why? Why is Valentine doing this to Superstar? Why? Superstar did, did nothing to him. Yeah, but Morocco did. He did nothing to Valentine. Superstar screaming in pain. Come on. Something's got to be done about this. They can't get Valentine's lights unhooked. Billy Graham is going to be hurt. He's going to be hurt bad after this, McMahon. Morocco coming back. <laughs> Big puss on his way down for the save. If, if that angle proved anything to me, it's that Superstar Billy Graham, once upon a time, would have been a good face champion because he's selling his ass off there. Sure. I mean, yes, he was legitimately crippled, so it probably wasn't uh, too much of a stretch. No. The the way he grabbed the referee, I thought, was a great visual, where he was holding on to the ref like, please help me. Please help me. Help me. That's that's how they wrote Graham off as a manager and made him a uh, oh god an announcer. <laughs> oh yes, the wonderful Billy Graham era. Gorilla Monsoon, my main man. <laughs> that's right. That's Hulk Hogan, baby. An <laughs> event is part of a descriptive article in the October issue of the World Wrestling Federation magazine titled "Open Warfare." A closer look at these two remarkable athletes sets up a classic confrontation. Let's hear first from Greg the Hammer Valentine. I like mm. the fact that in the magazine they used a picture of Morocco from his heel days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what do they do? Like, not have enough access to him? <laughs> they can't get him to. They can't get him to do a photo shoot again. Yeah, Valentine doesn't have Jimmy Hart there, so already. Past Are, the fucking well, Jimmy, potatoes. Jimmy's too fucking busy dealing with fucking honky and Sister right. Sherry. Sister Sherry. The battleground has been set up. And that battleground, Don, the Rock Morocco, is the entire world. The entire World Wrestling Federation. And I will chase you to the end of the earth, Don, the Rock Morocco. I am a professional wrestling technician. But I will, Morocco. I will hurt somebody. And that somebody is you. I like how he has to hold up the shin guard at, like, breast level. Mm-hmm. You know, so, oh, yeah, that's right. You're the shin guard guy. It would have been funny if he said something about Morocco being, like, Hawaiian. 
Kind of like the way he said that about Junkyard Dog when he was like, you, you dirty, smelly Hawaiian. Like, that would have been kind of funny. Yeah. Well, Valentine certainly loved his feud with his feuds with ethnic minorities between, you know, Tito, Morocco. You stinky Mexican. (laughs) He wants to he want he wants to check everything in the butt. French Canadians with uh, with Ronnie Garvin in 89. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those comments from Mr. Valentine will not go unanswered by this man, Don the Rock Morocco. This defamation shit, it works. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't do it as well, but um, it's four dollars a pound. <laughs> anyway, four dollars a pound. <laughs> well, Morocco was always a terrific promo in his heel you know, days. You know, I'm working for the government, don't you, Tom? <laughs> oh, it's when he realizes, yeah, walking on the boardwalk. So yeah, Morocco was a really good promo when he when he was a heel. Yeah, and it would go to all sorts of wacky places. So you know, I I never really got to watch a lot of Morocco once he went to like ECW. Did you ever catch like a lot of? Did you catch any of his stuff when he went to like ECW? No, I mean I I've never I've never gone back and watched it. Mm-hmm. Like Morocco in my wrestling fandom completely drops off the face of the earth. Like about a month from now. Yeah. I wonder if like, I wonder if like ECW Morocco was good, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never heard any particular rave reviews about that. I mean, he was basically the established guy working for a promotion that is kind of in the Northeast, you know, Philadelphia based and every, everybody knew him from before. But is legitimately ten years past his peak. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, but that's. But I mean, who was he? Wasn't he fighting Snuka and like Tito in '83? Yeah, in '84. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about an ECW. I think he fights Snuka and Tito. (laughs) Boy, how did ECW get off the ground when they were just rebooting '83 (laughs) WWF? Because it was such a hot feud back then. Yeah, I mean it was. A, I mean, you can't tell me that's not 1993 nostalgia, right mm. there. <laughs> Greg the Hammer Valentine, with your own hand, you've drawn the battle lines. You've set up the territories, which being the whole world. There's no need, no need for enforcements to be called in. Just you and I, and I will follow you wherever your sun rises. Meaning, I accept nothing, nothing but unconditional surrender. Why is Morocco's hair askew? It's like non-symmetrical. Why is his hair proportions is like the the map of Fenway Park? There's all this room in right field, but there's none in left. For Christ's sakes, Pete, you're just unhappy with the grain on the leather. (laughs) Oh! How can I be happy with it when it's askew? It's not askew. The fuck's really? wrong over there, Jimmy? Your eyes roll around so much in the back of your head. <laughs> what do you? What do you think? Oh, bot. Oh yeah, but this is toothpick boss man era. Oh, this isn't baseball hat boss man. Yeah, his hair's a little bit fluffier too, as is his stomach. <laughs> I. And there's and there's Carmella's dad again. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's about to get his rights read to him by Boss Man. Good. 
Yeah, bo- uh, yeah. Boss Man's looking pretty porky here, but I, I can imagine that they probably said to him, put on a little weight for the Hogan feud. Well, you know, this was just after he dropped Jim Cornette off the staff or didn't catch Jim Cornette. So. Yeah, he, he yeah. called for the he, – it was, it was a muffed punt like we've seen so many of in the NFL this year. Boss Man called for the fair catch and then dropped Corny. <laughs> you know what I love? Boss Man still got his – he's still got his freaking handcuffs, like, attached to his belt clip. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Look at the impression uh, that Slick and the big boss man have known each other prior to the boss man coming into the World Wrestling Federation. And, what is, and what is that to insinuate, man? I gotta jump again, Slick! What are you insinuating with that? They, they may have known each other. I don't know. What, the Slick's been to Cobb County or what? I would, wouldn't all be surprised that maybe Slick was passing through uh, from time to time. Who knows? Slick might have been the warden. I'm glad I randomly decided to turn up the volume at that moment in time. Yes, that was a good moment. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Jesse was ready to pounce on Vince for racism there, and Vince didn't bite. Nope. To to his credit, but yeah, it was it was uh, strange that Vince was like, "Yeah, Slick and Boss Man probably knew each other." Oh, from where? Uh, you know, maybe uh, when he was in uh, the the gym. The, the pimp conventions. The boss man works security at one of them. <laughs> the pimp convention. Now I need to look up when Carmella was born because this would be WWE uh, talent Carmella, not Carmella Soprano, who I probably reference more on this podcast. I would say that Carmella, WWE talent Carmella, was probably born three years from now. I'm going to say she was born in 1991. She was born October 23rd, 1987. Oh, my God. She's that old? Yeah, she is going to turn 35 in a couple of days. What an old broad. They should should release her. So she was alive when her dad faced the boss man here. And by the way, took like almost like a spinning boss man. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I salute you, Carmela's dad. You're a hell of a worker. We salute you. Our half-inflated Dark Lord. Chico. All right, yeah. Uh, another thing we can track on this 88 journey. I, I know I texted you earlier today excited about tracking Duggan's uh, gear changes. Yes. But we're going to find out exactly when Tito got music. Because he doesn't have music here. So so obviously it is after night, the September 10th, 88 Superstars. Do-do-do-do-do. Which, by the way, I'm not sure if I mentioned at the top of the show that I said that we're watching the September 10th, 88 Superstars, but what I up? Think, I don't yeah. think you did, but that's okay. okay. Well, it's the la- it's the label on the show, so if people, people couldn't figure it out. People are just excited to hear our voices, mm. our dulcet tunes. A, a Tito Santana match at this point in time is really just an excuse for them to talk about other stuff, because Tito... Literally doesn't have a feud. He Strike Force is is done for. Strike Force is dead. And yeah, he's this is they would throw him with Valentine when Morocco would get fired because mm-hmm. Valentine needed something to do. Mm-hmm. 
Jesse making all the cracks about Tijuana is funny because he literally lives in Mexico now. Oh, yeah. Well, at the time, I don't think Jesse was looking to get out of America. Yeah. It took a little while for Jesse to be completely disenfranchised with America. <laughs> and Tito lives in the U.S. It's almost like an exchange program. It's Chico to me and all the fans. Yes, Armbar applied here. Tito Santana applying even more pressure. Oh, needs in the midsection. That'll break that up, man. Trent Knight has a uh, delightful head of hair. I think he should face Beefcake at some point. Mm. You know, when he uh, heals from that massive head wound that took him out of SummerSlam. <laughs> massive head wound Beefcake. Massive head wound. <laughs> hey, you're Tony Randolph. <laughs> That's a different one. Oh, the flying jalapeno. You're just going to make your own Tito Santana music? Sure. Yeah. Chico's the word. Oh, uh, now, now we're in the event center. No, so a, I'm going to need you to put your earplugs in so that you can hear Sean Mooney at a normal. Well, wrestling Federation. Level of voice. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, shit. We are back at the WWF Event Center. Hello, everyone. I'm Sean Mooney. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Ah! <laughs> and let's talk about superstars in the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation. One in particular, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He is proud of his new two-by-fours, and that pride shows through in his determination to take down a giant. A two-by-four is what he calls his joints that he was carrying on the Jersey Turnpike? Or, I don't know. <laughs> Those aren't joints. Uh, oh! No, that, that's <laughs> all. I can actually do that good joke. I can go, Those aren't joints, and then I can go, Oh! <laughs> Leave Hacksaw alone. So he was freaking doing cocaine with, with Cheeky Baby. No. Who, ha- who hasn't done cocaine with the Iron Sheik? I ask you. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet anything that Duggan was just smoking weed and and Sheiky was doing the coke. Oh, I bet you. I don't think I don't think Hacksaw was a cokehead. I mean, anybody with those eyes can't properly snort a line, you know. Everybody knows that weed is a baby face drug and cocaine's a heel drug. You want the cocaine? You want the, my marijuana? <laughs> so they were really keeping kayfabe. It's just yeah. that people didn't see it at the time. You know, the funny thing is, is that if they had been arrested separately for, like, cocaine and drug, Vince wouldn't have cared. (laughs) Vince Mm. probably would have been like, I mean, let's be honest. He he kept a guy on that killed his girlfriend and didn't say anything about it. Vince wouldn't have cared. It was because they were riding together and they broke kayfabe. (laughs) Yeah, and, and a lot of shit went down as a result of that because the Rockers came in at a the next taping in 87 yep. after that incident. And when they trashed a hotel room or some other yeah. shit, they were like, all yeah. right, no, we're, yeah. we're not, <laughs> you know, what? you know what, uh, you know what, um, uh, what, uh, Vince actually said what at the time, what do you say? What did he say? What did he say? What did I say? Sorry. I saw my cousin Vinny recently. So what I would... did he say? What did he say? Wait, what'd I say? What? Wait, what'd I say? <laughs> oh. that's, that's what Vince said. What I heard, and I wonder if you know if this is true or not. I heard 
that actually Hacksaw was going to win the championship at four. And he was going to have an extended run that ran a full year. And then, in fact, the original setting up was the Mega Powers was going to be Hacksaw and Hogan. And then that's what the blow off was going to be at WrestleMania five. But because he got arrested, Vince was like, well, I can't have that in this joint. Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not buying that one. Man, I can't have that in this joint. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I want to point out is that just this. Can you make this picture the the image for the episode? Because it is this massive cartoon hand that looks like it's grabbing hacksaws through by four, and it just yeah, looks, it just it, looks really funny. <laughs> but it, yeah, and it's like a Monty Python hand. Yeah, like I expect it to come down from the ceiling and squish something. He's got. He's this massive hand. <laughs> anyway. D- Duggan has hand, and he's going to need it. Mm-hmm. Two by four. Two by four. Two by four. Two by four. Oh, two yeah. Four. Hacksaw has one. Now you can have one. One to carry on your shoulder. One to raise high in the air. Especially when the big old nasty smelling giant comes down the ring. Because, folks, he just doesn't have to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's going to beat everyone sitting out there in the stands. And no matter how big he is, no matter how tough he is, no matter how nasty he is, he can't do that. Andre, I've done it before with this 2 by 4 and I'll do it again. And I'll keep climbing, I'll keep coming until I finally knock you down. Tough guy. Oh! Hmm. Was this the Doug? beginning? Was this the introduction of the hacksaw like styrofoam uh, thing? Yeah, that again, that merch guy who was working on Hogan with his batting helmet last mm-hmm. week, a- along with the George the Animal Steel mine. Yeah, they're they're pushing that right in center. But Duggan says he's not going to stop coming. Everybody, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, he is making one of those fake jizz videos that you see <laughs> on the internet these days. How about that? What a fucking reprehensible thing for me to say. How about that? I'd edit that out, but frankly, I don't no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. You don't edit anything on this fucking show. <laughs> no, I, I did have to edit something last week because I think I accidentally sat on the mute button or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said when that. We were, when we were talking about Weekend at Bernie's, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a setup for uh, a, Terry, a Terry Taylor promo. Oh, not a, not boy. a, very, dis, very different from a Red Rooster promo. Oh, boy. <laughs> Terry Taylor, and right now he is standing by with a few comments about what's going on in the WWF. Yeah, and I'm sure Terry Taylor here is going to provide the insight of Marvin Gaye. What's going on? What's oh, going on? <laughs> are we going to actually get to see, like, the transition? Oh, yeah. That's does happening. that happen at this time? Yes, it does. Because I saw that video. I, I, I saw a video where, where he comes into the ring. Bobby's in the ring with, I think it's the, isn't it Brother Love? And he starts to, or is it Gene? And he's like, this is the Red Rooster. And you just see Terry Taylor's fucking life just die from his eyes like he's just the the rollout is gonna happen a couple weeks from now on the brother love show when it's actually the first brother love show on superstars yeah and then he has his first match as the red rooster against uh against lady poffo yes so two giant cocks battling out (laughs) 
Thank you. I've been waiting all week to make that joke since I found out that a Letty Poffo Red mm. Rooster match is a thing that occurred. Two giant, two giant cocks. <laughs> See, the, pro- the problem with Taylor here is, yeah, he's going to be working the mid-card level, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, his ro- his robes, the, the, Valentine has two similar robes to him, and Valentine's I, got seniority. Yes, I was trying to think. I'm like, whose fucking robe does that look like? I, I couldn't place whose robe it was. That's exactly who it is. It's fucking Valentine. Mm. Oh, God, poor Terry Taylor. This yeah. guy, well, I know, I heard he's, like, kind of a dick, but, like, I don't know. Do you feel like, I don't think Terry Taylor deserved this. <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> he did. Okay, let me tell you, everybody out there, I want to take this opportunity to introduce you to the greatest wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. He's a new guy. He's one of my favorite people, and I think you're going to like him a lot, too. So I just want to bring him. No, there's nobody else. You got to know it's me, the greatest wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. It's just a matter of time before it comes true. Now, yes, I am Scary Terry Taylor, the Mecca of manhood. I've come into the World Wrestling Federation, and I'm sure I'm going to have to prove myself. I just can't come out here and talk about it and expect everybody to fall down and let me beat them. So it's just going to be a matter of time, maybe a minute, two minutes for some of the top guys, and then I'm going to be the new sensation of the World Wrestling Federation. So get ready for it. And you know what makes it the best thing of all? Is there's nothing any of you can do about it. Terry Taylor, he wants to be known as Scary Terry Taylor. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure. Wants to be. Manhood is. Obviously, he does. He is a man to um, You're a to the world in listening to his voice, hey, there's no conviction there. Way, like, first, the I've w- seen w- Terry w- Taylor w- as a heel w- in UWF w- the year w- before w- when he was really good, w- and his promos were a hell of a lot better than that. Yeah. Apparently, Tommy Angel must have been working full-time with the WWF because there he is again for a second week on a sec- second different taping. And this is a pretty famous match. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we get to see the ravishing one for another week, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about because I, when I was thinking about 1988 I, and thinking about various games we could play, the what I'd like to have right now game is a good one. Because yes. you know that there's only so many things that Rude could say because he would, he would kind of use alliteration. And okay. with with this being Providence, with it being Rhode Island, he could go in any number of different directions. So, All right, so let's see. Um, okay. We should. I should have music for this segment. Yeah. But I I know I I say that you know Pete, did you put together music for the Rick Rude? What I'd like to have now game this week. I did. I'm um, so yeah. I, I so I had other things to do, but. All right. All right. So they're in Providence, Rhode Island. Here's Rick Rude. Uh, what do, what do you think he's gonna? What do you? What would Rick Rude like to have right now? Well, what he'd like to have right now is for all of you fat, ugly, out of shape, Providence pork bellies. Oh, keep the noise down while he takes his robe off and shows all the ladies what a real man is supposed to look like. Hit my music. Set the music. What do you like to see? 
What I'd like to have Someone right knocked that smile off his face. Is for all you fat, ugly, Rhode Island rednecks. Aw, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, he went, yeah, he went with Rhode Island instead of Rhode Prophet. Island Regnet. <laughs> what the fuck? Regnets? I just went, Regnets? Rhode Island Rednecks, huh? If I was pressed to guess, I would have said Providence Pinheads. Oh, yeah, but, Providence Pinheads. Yeah. See, I thought it was, like, poetic. I said he was going to say something poetic, like, you know, pork belly. Like, that would have been kind of funny. Oh, I forgot. Is he going to say what a real man is supposed to look like? <laughs> to keep the noise down, oh, she's like take the my robot and show the lady the bodies that drove Jake's wife insane. Uh, Get the music. Yeah. Think so. Jake, this happens to be here this week. Oh, yeah. Last week they made a point of saying Jake Roberts is not here. She's a healthy female. And that was to and that was to protect Jake because of the Cheryl Roberts tights. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I like when he would like you know go up his chest and like flick the sweat and then they would stop the music. I always liked that. I thought that was like such a cool thing that they would do. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that, like that good is a music, good, a good music cue. I even thought that that was good then, <laughs> as a ten-year-old. Oh, I, I would like, think about yes, little little Peter Vincent, ten years old, watching '89 WWF sure. would think of production elements. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Well, yeah. you're not a dummy. We are talking about the Pete that started in uh, Friday Night Underground. Mm, yes, like television access show with Bob yeah. Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment. For any for anybody who wants to know what what. Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment. Just search Friday Night Underground on uh, YouTube. Bob Heck Entertainment. Make sure you put Friday Night Underground for 10% off your (laughs) 10% off. Yeah. Uh, Bob had that wiped from his IMDb. (laughs) It's like an actress's age. He he doesn't want that on his record. No. So uh, Jake's got an inset promo. Oh, okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, he kind of makes a vow here. Oh, okay. Standing right here, Rude, waiting for you, man. Waiting for you to wear those tights just one more time. Same place, man. Every weekend we'll be keeping an eye out for you. And if you ever so much as slip those tights on again, my man, I'm going to take them off of you. <laughs> well, don't, uh, don't tease me, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like how he threw in a my man, like your yeah. Jake impersonation. <laughs> why are you so nervous, my man? Why, is, why are you so nervous, my man? <laughs> my Jake impression. Mm. Why are you so nervous, my man? So, uh, uh, and and that's setting up what's going to happen here. And yes, that this is the match. And this is certainly one of the more memorable TV moments of 1988, at least, you know, from, like, the weekly TV. Yes. I mean, Where? let's be honest. How can anybody not fucking love this? Oh, it's great. It's great stuff. It's intensely personal. And, and yeah, he's, once again, he's facing hard camera, turns 90 degrees, and does the neck breaker that way. Mm-hmm. He clearly got a note about that. 
There's no other reason why he would do it that way. Now, all right, so so the match is over. You think that that's that's it? Well, Rude's got to do his uh, other route. Oh no, he's he's tearing off his tights. Oh, uh -oh. yes. Uh oh. Looking better than ever, isn't she? I can't believe that's what he's doing. It's old ass play, Cheryl. <laughs> ass play. Hey, she's smiling on the back. It's old ass. Play. <laughs> she's got a blank Mona Lisa smile on the front. It's good. It's good old. Good old ass play. Uh, uh, apparently, Cheryl always likes to have her salad tossed before dinner. The giant black dot. Rude went full dong there. Well, Rude was wearing a G-string. Oh, he was? Yeah. Yeah, as most wrestlers, I think, do, right? Because don't they usually wear a cup? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, yeah. you got to have a little bit of support underneath there. But well, the, having the dot there made that better. Because if oh, we sure. just saw him in a G-string, you'd be like, all right, yeah, so what? You're still closed. But that, that just made me think that, like, fucking Rude Dong was being shown off Rude in the state Dong. of Rhode Island. Rude Dong, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just, this feud always makes me think of just Jake Roberts when he, he, in, like, one shoot interview, when they bring it up and he goes, I just always remember Rude saying, your wife hits harder than you. <laughs> I'm glad they put aside their differences to join forces in 1992 WCW <laughs> for a little while. Uh, yes. Oh, well, Thank now God. we don't have the red dot. We don't have the, uh, oh. not red, black dot. Oh, you can't really tell, though. Root is, Root is properly hiding his junk, his manhood. No, he's hiding the G-string, which is great because it makes it look totally naked. Well, like he's cut. Oh, well, yeah. I guess we, we are saying the same thing. He's cock. Cock. <laughs> He's got to go with that cock out. The G-string is from Tony. Cock. Cock. <laughs> we are back at the event center. Stop yelling at me. Jesus. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> and you have heard it. Hulk Hogan is back. And he is more determined than ever right now. He has declared an all-out war in the World Wrestling Federation. He will not stop until he is once again the WWF champion. Oh, wow. oh, re oh really? Wow. Uh, now that's, who, see, to me, that's really, that's fucking belligerent because his best friend in the whole wide world is the current World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Yeah. And he's being fucking blatant that he wants his belt back. Oh, well, Hogan, what a piece of shit you are. Not to, <laughs> that piece of shit. Not to defend Hogan here. Mm-hmm. But have you considered... Maybe Mooney went into business for himself. So maybe it was Sean Mooney who no. sowed the discord. No. In the Not at all. It's fucking Hogan. What? With his fist fuck helmet. 
Seriously, he's about ready to fucking pound Elizabeth in the ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he maybe he should have been wearing that for the Bubba the Lunch Love Sponge uh, <laughs> sex tape. Yes. He should have been wearing this for the Shower Robbins ass play tape. <laughs> Uh, why are you why are you headbutting my never mind <laughs> all right the hulk hogan brother game i'm oh, assuming I'm, I'm assuming that like last week we're gonna get hogan's gonna be allotted the same amount of time mm-hmm. like you can't cut hogan for time in 88 okay it, it just feels and last week we went over the number at uh, three and a half and and it landed right on four so once again this week, I I am gonna set the over under at okay. You know what? I'm gonna put it at three and a half again. I was gonna set it at four, but I like to have a clear winner. Okay. Three and a half, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know where you're going. Over. Okay. <laughs> over. Over. Just, it's over, just, Johnny. It's over. Just like just like Hogan at this time. Very over. It's over, Johnny. You know all my little Hulkamaniacs and all my little Hulksters, the senile president of the WWF, Jack Tunney, he's kind of hard to find these days, man. Ever since I strapped the Hulk Hogan war bonnet on, brother, with the 23-inch mythological fist, Jack Tunney knew that the fist could come to life at any time, that it could hunt him down and bust his chops, man. I have declared war on Jack Tunney and the whole WWF, man. I was the greatest champion there ever was, or ever will be, bar none. Ooh. And until somebody beats me for a three count, you'll never change my mind. Everybody out there knows that the holster rules, brother. Ooh. The multi-million dollar man, Andre the Giant, who I body slammed and beat in WrestleMania. The studs, the Bundys, the Heenas, the Hercules. They all know that Hulk Hogan rules, brother. But once I go on the warpath, once I start chasing down the whole WWF, I'm afraid some of those dudes might run out of gas. So what I did was I took one of the five-gallon tanks off my soft tail, brother. I filled it with the Hulkster's python powder and mineral water from Mars. What and when I get the ring and those guys start running out of gas, I'll stick this tank down their throat. Make them take a double dose out of it, brother. And after I get them refueled, Four. after I get their octane level back up almost to where oh. mine is, that's when I'll put the largest arms in the world around them and give them a good dose of Hulkamania. But for all you dudes that get in my way on the way to the WWF Championship, I want to show you something right now, brother. Oh my God. On my Six. back of the largest <laughs> back in the world. There's a California license plate, brother, with a name Hulkster inscribed on it. And I want you to see it right now, because this is the last thing you're going to see when I leave the ring. I don't want any excuses like you were run over by a Mack truck or a 747 was off course and hit you. I want you when you're laying on your back and the whole rest of the WWF to know that I did it. What are you going to do when the Hulkster and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Wow, five. Can't believe it. All right. I'm going to say, though, it's real dangerous because he started sounding like the warrior for a minute when he was talking about drinking a sip from Mars and and fucking (laughs) filling up tanks with Hogan juice and this must have been where Hogan was giving warrior advice on how to cut promos as a champion. Listen, dude, you want to cut, you want to cut promos. You got to cut 
Thank you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I hope that got heard because you cut out on my uh, ear- ears for five seconds. But that's okay. Because right now, <laughs> we have the ice cream bar segment, which I think is going to be a regular recurring thing. Oh, wait. Did you hear anything that I said or no? I heard about 50% of it. Unfortunately, it was not consecutive. So. Uh, I said that. I said, thank you, Hulk, man. <laughs> Hulk, man. Where he goes, Hulk, man. Listen, dude, you want to do a promo. You got to say things like Earth, Mars, Jupiter, brother. Uh, Hulk, man. As many solar system planets as you come up with. Not Pluto. Why here Not Pluto, gonna, God yeah. damn it. Although in yeah. 1988, Pluto was still a country, I mean, a country, a planet. So <laughs> they competed in the Seoul Olympics. Never <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, speaking, here we go. speaking of the Olympics, Ken Patera, they finally <laughs> gave him something <laughs> to eat. They finally gave him something to eat since McDonald's was closed. <laughs> As a former Olympic champion, I'm looking forward to relaxing in front of my television set and watching the Olympic Games from Seoul, South Korea, and enjoying a delicious superstar ice cream bar. Mmm. All right, will Jesse say something derogatory about Ken Patera in response to that promo? <laughs> I mean, is Jesse going to... All right, derogatory, the obvious answer is yes. Does he say something about him going to prison? No, that's what I mean. That's what I oh, mean. Oh, yes. I would say it's better than the ice cream that they served in the giant. I'll tell you right now, Vince, it's probably better than that ice cream that he had while he was in jail. Not oh, Jesse, will you stop it? Oh boy, big nasty ombre in the ring right now, the outlaw. Oh, apparently they're going right right to the next match featuring my my hero from last week, outlaw Ron Bass, and my other hero from last week, Joe Cruz. You know who else is an outlaw? (laughs) (laughs) Ken Patera. Ken Patera is an outlaw. Oh, Jesse's asking for an apology from Vince. And wh- why? Jesse, I don't believe so. For the outstanding job of refereeing I did in SummerSlam 88, you told me you would apologize to me nationally. Right now would be a good time, I think. You saw my friend, Well, huh? I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> Take a look what at those spurs. you are, McMahon. What, what a biker. What? Well, Ron Bass, very animated, yeah. Did he call him a piper? I don't know what I don't know exactly what he said, but I'm sure he's. I think he called him a piper. I thought he said piker. Oh, the fuck is a piker? Well, anyway, this inset promo might shed a little bit more light. (laughs) Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the proud peacock of the WWF. Well, brother, them tail feathers got salted a little bit. And right here's what I used to do it, brother. Let me tell you something, Mr. Beefcake. Anytime, any place, it's just starting, son. Ooh. You think Beefcake may have made a mistake, McMahon? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I mean, he started it all. Well, I don't know about it. who started what. Oh, he certainly did. He came in, stuck his nose in Bass's business and Bass's match, and he started it all. Well, uh, that that's the exact point that we were making last week. Well, another thing I'd like to say is that um, the 
Peacock of the WWF was the proud Peacock was the uh, was the Red Rooster. So, <laughs> and unfortunately, now all all this shit is on Peacock. <laughs> and there's the wow. Ron Bass pedigree. <laughs> what foresight that Ron Bass had. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this Superstars taping actually took place six days before SummerSlam. Oh. So they had to do the Warrior Honky Tonk Man thing again. Where he won the title in a matter of seconds. Warrior did a match for the taping. And then Tunney reversed the decision at the end of the show. I think we need Richard Land to tell us the actual count of times Warrior's been the Intercontinental Champion. Well, that's his results site with Graham Cawthorn. I think he's like... You know what? You fuckers can eat, eat, add that up yourself, you know? <laughs> Just go to my site, click on the advertisements, and, okay. and, and count it up for yourself. All right. Yeah. I thought he was doing an actual wrestling move, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the hanging after the match. Oh. So we get to go back for a whatever happened there segment with the warrior on the interview platform. But that's good because we get to watch Honky Tonk Man swing a guitar at his head as hard as he possibly can. Whatever happened today? Uh, <laughs> the guitar shot. I sent you a text earlier today uh, about a wrestling spotlight from August of 88 that I was watching. Yes. And, and there was actually a house show promo for a honky versus uh, warrior match from before SummerSlam. And uh-huh. I, th- I thought it was inter- I thought it was a very interesting sort of thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to defend the title against this guy. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not I'm not worried at all. But. Yeah, he should, we get, he should have been. We get well. Warrior doesn't talk for very long, so. You want it back? You come and get it. I mean, it's all the same shit that we saw last week. Let me tell you something, Warrior. We're just sitting through this so we can watch Warrior get hit in the head again after uh, Honky, after Honky sweeps the leg. Uh, 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 that's my that's my Warrior impression in like '88 when he's just like ah mm. uh. See, Warrior couldn't hear the crowd screaming, so he hits him in the back of the leg, and then I mean, I'm gonna tell you. I think that there are more than one major league team that should maybe think about bringing in Wayne Ferris as a right-handed mm-hmm. platoon guy. Listen, this might be the one time that you will ever hear me say, I fucking love the Honky Tonk Man for what he just did right there. <laughs> you don't like anything else the Honky Tonk Man ever did? Come on. Well, yeah, that's not totally true. Yeah, here he comes. Yeah. Hey, I mean, listen, he, man, visiting 1988 might make me have a whole new appreciation for the man known as Wayne Ferris. I mean, earlier in the year, you, Honky Tonk Man was responsible for Peggy Sue being down there. 
And if you're a guy with certain fetishes, mm-hmm. Sherry in like a 1950s getup isn't mm-hmm. that bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not SummerSlam 92 Sherry, but then again, very few things are. <laughs> So he, Honky has to come out for this match without the belt when he actually is the champion at the time that it was taped. <laughs> Give me a champion, I don't care who it is. <laughs> and he's got the jumpsuit that helpfully on the back says, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> so you know who he is. Yeah. Have we ever actually watched a honk? Oh, no, we watched a face honky match in the first GFA Live. Yeah. Yeah. Give me something down there. And on the back is don't be cruel. Don't be cruel to the honky dog man. Don't be cruel. A very weird sentiment for this uh, heel character. I should say the stealing of it. That was an out-and-out victory. One, two, three. Granted, it was one done by, well, a little surprise, but that's certainly not the Warriors' fault. We talked to the honky-tonk man. Oh, okay, good. I was afraid they were going to do a Warrior inset promo. Uh, Honk man! Honk man! (laughs) Honk man? Was he a duck? (laughs) Honk man! I'm going to tell you! Honk man! I'm going to tear you what? <laughs> I'm going to tear you what? I got to say, guy, guy that I used to see at Bruins games occasionally who had a side gig as an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> not bad, although I think he might have been better off going as a honky-tonk man impersonator. i tell you what, I don't know who Elvis is. <laughs> Elvis who? You some ultimate warrior. What I did to you last week was just a warm-up. That was nothing like the tune I'm going to play on you now because you got something that belongs to me. You have my belt, the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time, and I want my belt back. I'm sure he does, but whether or not he can get it back from the ultimate warrior... He may scare the warrior. After that interview, the warrior might give it back to him. And, of course, he did have to give it back to him as a result of Jack Tunney at the taping. It would have been – that'd be a really funny way to, like, transition a champion back is have him go, all right, all right, all right, all right, just don't beat me up anymore. Here you go. <laughs> you can have the championship. I'm sorry. You know, there's, a name, sorry, for the, there's a name for that. It's called the Shawn Michaels. Mm. <laughs> Please don't beat me up like those guys beat me up outside that gym. I mean, that bar. I was thinking about In Your House 4 earlier today. Ah. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Are I you clear, trying to like clearly have, yourself? I have a lot of deep-seated issues that I'm still trying to deal with. Why are you making me talk about this on the air? <laughs> I didn't. Ah. You, you said In Your this House 4. Come on, huh? This is not Keithy's uh, couch. No, we're, you we're, said not, we're not running your, back that bit. No, you said In Your House 4. In your house for Winnipeg, <laughs> a show where Vince slammed down the headset at the end is like, fucking thing sucks. Fucking thing sucks. Ah, shake, rattle, and roll. You gotta like the uh, Dice K Matsuzaka ass wiggle that he does at the beginning of it. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Please, right. please recall that Dice K used to do that when he would go into a windup. Yes. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. The only diff- the difference between Honky and Dice K is that Dice K worked Japan. <laughs> Dice K worked Japan. Well, He's know. a honky tonk man. Yeah, Honky wasn't around for those SWS shows, so he wouldn't have worked Japan at all. <laughs> honky. I don't know why, but hearing you say, just hearing you say the phrase honky, it's just really funny. Mm. Honky just makes me. Thank you. Hey, you're an audience. Look at they love him. And I, I need your support now more than ever. <laughs> and I'm not gonna let you down. I'm gonna get my belt back. That belt belongs to me. Thank you very much. You're beautiful. I'm hot. I'm the honky tonk man, and I approve this message. Seriously, it's not like you like. And I want your vote when you go to the polls next week. Yeah, we're getting close to that. I should probably read that book that they sent me with all the four ballot questions in Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. I, I could tell you how to vote, and then you could do the exact opposite, like my brother's doing. No, I I really want to read the text of question one. Yes. Because. There's so many goddamn commercials, and I don't believe a word of any of them. Mm. So I'll need to read it for myself. My brother is funny, though. Like, he I, he goes, what are you voting? And I said, I go, I'm voting yes, 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 yes. And my brother went, okay, so I'm going to vote no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your 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 brother is your brother is actually voting. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not going to vote on question four. Just going to do a straight ticket. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, a brief thing about the uh, WWF magazine. And now we have the Hart Foundation. Brett is still wearing the old sunglasses, and they mm-hmm. don't have music. No. I thought, they and, had music. I thought they had music at SummerSlam. I guess they didn't. No. Oh, oh two Boston guys. Oh, is that fucking Norman Smiley? Len Kruger and Tony oh. Ulysses, yeah. I thought that was Norman Smiley for a minute. Well, Norman Smiley had a more respectable hairline than Tony Ulysses. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 hearts. I I sent you a text because on that wrestling spotlight they were facing the Alaskans, and I was very excited about it. Yeah. Rick Rick Renslow and Dave Wagner. Yes. They were known as the Alaskans in certain independent promotions. I mean, do you want to watch that spot, Lee? (laughs) No, no, I I, I think it's fine. But I did inundate you with a lot of texts at an hour in the morning when I should have been working. Yeah, but that's all right. I, I enjoy them. Let me see. Well, I actually, I was watching that 88 uh, Crockett show, and I was texting you mostly about that. But earlier so, on, I said, August 20th, 1988, Wrestling Spotlight. Duggan is still not being promoted for that Brother Love interview. Man, yep. they were really trying to get flair. They were. Yeah. Heart Foundation versus Alaskans. Big match field. <laughs> I was being facetious, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10.22 a.m. Bossman used the Papa Shango shoulder breaker as his finisher here. Yes. And yeah, that was unusual to see early Bossman 
not using the uh, boss man slam. slam. Yeah, the slam. Yeah, we're going to get an instant promo here in a second. Oh, okay. But uh, 10.25, Craig DeGeorge busts out a, quote, my guess at this time, unquote, <laughs> on us in the year of our Lord, 1988. <laughs> now, at this point, you're just trying to get me to shut the fuck up. No, I was not trying to get you to shut up. I just I was actually doing something. I was working. Yeah, uh, you just wrote, nice. And then I said that I was really nice. looking forward to tracing the tra- trajectory of Hacksaw Jim Duggan's gear. <laughs> Huh. Again, these are real text people. <laughs> I know. He's really doing this. Oh, the Rougeaus. Oh. Yeah, the Rougeaus, who, as I mentioned last week, they don't have Jimmy Hart yet, mm-hmm. but we're getting close to that. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we may get a tease here. I don't know. Oh. Hi there. I'm Raymond, and this is Jock. Just kidding. I'm Jock, and this is Raymond, and we are the fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Well, you know, Heart Foundation, it may not be your birthday, but boy, we've got a surprise for you. But you're going to have to wait till next week to find out what it is. I love it. Those guys sleep. You like them? No, I don't. You don't. Why? Because they smile and they're courteous. Not quite the usual dinner guests you're used to, McMahon. <laughs> yeah, Jacques Rougeau. God. Hi, I'm Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> I, mean, I, I am looking forward to Rougeau Brother Event Center promos because I, I have a feeling that we're going to fall in love with those. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Look at Brett doing the, the uh, backbreaker there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the aborted Brett singles push number two or number one, depending on your accounting methodology was mm-hmm. earlier in 88. Mm-hmm. So maybe give him a little bit more shine than Anvil, who I think they kind of looked at him and said, he is what he is. Yeah. And they got to do the reverse Irish whip thing to Anvil's going to. Uh, you know, I don't know why they, like, why they aborted a friggin' Anvil singles run as much as they did. I mean, he wasn't terrible, you know? No, no, he wasn't terrible, but. They knew that they couldn't plausibly push him for, like, even the IC title. And no. he's an entertaining character guy who you have as, like, a gatekeeper at the mid-card level. Yeah, I guess. And, you know, you throw him in a feud with, like, another guy who just got to have a tag team, like a like a Barbarian in 89 or Warlord, and just throw those guys against each other. Sure. Oh, and here comes the heart attack. Brett's going to throw all of his weight into it. One of my favorite finishing moves for tag team. Yeah. Much more than the uh, demolition. I mean, not the demolition, the uh, doomsday device. Do you see in the background that Ulysses came into the ring and then he just threw up his hand and was like, ah, screw it. (laughs) I'm not going to try to make the save. I don't know this guy. (laughs) We we literally met five minutes ago at Gorilla. I I don't even know his name. We just happen to be both billed from Boston. I just, I really wish we could get Nick Faley in these. Jack Faley. Well, we got to go back to 86, 87 for that. Yeah. And early in 87. <laughs> oh, yeah. When Vince would talk over the replay and Jesse would get mad. It's time for Sean Mooney to uh, yell at us again. Ooh, smiling Bret Hart again. It's like he's promo- doing a promo with the Bushwhackers who, again. Who, yeah. Who is that guy? I don't know who that is. 
this guy, this guy didn't fucking smile from like 1991 to forever, except during that one Bushwhackers promo. Um, Brett, uh, as I'm looking at this picture, all I think is, uh, you know, things that somebody could say to provoke that same smile from Brett now. Mm. Uh, Brett, uh, Goldberg was in a serious car accident and he's in the hospital. <laughs> oh, look at that smile from the man. <laughs> Brett, do you think Brett, Brett, do you think Bill Goldberg's a good wrestler? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'd like to have a match with uh, Brock, but uh, it's always a shame when you see Brock go up against Bill Goldberg. Uh, you know, you can tell that uh, Brock is just sick and tired of, of dealing with Goldberg. <laughs> like all the rest of us. Brett's so delightfully petty. Oh. Welcome back to the World Wrestling Federation Event Center. There is a man in the WWF who can lay claim to the title that he is undefeated right here at the World Wrestling Federation. He's big, bad, and from Harlem. He's bad news oh. brown, and he has a message for all those opponents who plan to end that streak. Well, first, first a, of all, Mooney at Survivor Series, you were like, well, if you claim to have this record, like you weren't so indecisive uh, here. Mm. Well, look at that picture of bad news right there where you have paused. It's perfect. He doesn't have a little. He doesn't have the graffiti logo behind him. He's just got the WWF logo. Yeah. Generic logo number seven. Yeah. Uh, poor bad news. They're already disrespecting him. Yeah, he's not going to be mentioning any illicit Jack Tunney blowjobs here yet. But I love that one of the reasons that he left the WWF in 1990 was that Vince McMahon promised to make him the champion. I mean, come on. Is he serious? The f- Bad News Brown was going to be the first ever black world, re- world heavyweight champion in professional wrestling. I mean, seriously? In 1990? That is like the number one shoot video or shoot interview cliche of all yeah. time. I was oh, going to yeah. get the world title. Like yeah. okay. Vince, Vince was going to give me the champion. Yeah. Vince was going to give the champ. I mean, if Vince was present day AEW, I would have said sure because they fucking give a title to everybody in that stupid promotion. But you know, not in 1988. Oh, you don't like the all lost continent of Atlantis heavyweight championship? Or the junior heavyweight championship. How about the how about the how about the six man tag team or the uh, no or, or what about the Menage a Trois tag team championship? Uh, the uh, trios title of fantasticness. It's like <laughs> fucking every week they're coming out with an. I can't wait for my brother said this morning he goes, he said something about AEW and I went yeah there I go yeah that company's like a total shit show right now he goes yeah are they he got all excited he's like are they almost done and I was like um maybe. Well, the Menage a Trois title is what got Paige to make the jump to AEW. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you set that up on a tee for me. And if well, I didn't that's take what I, it. That's what I want you to. If you, did, if you didn't take it, people would write in. <laughs> All right. Bad news. Blow me, blow me away because uh, you, you constantly do with these promos and how funny and raw they are. Take us home. Still undefeated. That's right. Still undefeated. Who are you going to send against me now, huh? Everybody that comes into the square circle with bad news brown goes back with a sad story to tell their wife and ugly kids how they couldn't beat me. <laughs> but I'm getting a little frustrated. I'm getting a little mad because I came to this territory with two things in mind. Ooh, territory. And both territory. of them seem to be hiding. One of them is that giant Hulk Hogan. Where is he at, huh? Hulk. Where are you, Hulk Hogan? Come from under your mother's bed and come out here and meet a real man. It's actually Bubba the Love Sponge's bed, but...
you know, mm. that's semantics. Hulk, Hulk Hogan. And that world champ, Macho Man, I can't seem to get a contract to meet him either. What do I have to do? Do I have to catch you out on the street and embarrass you? Yes. Well, I'm not quite sure whether or not bad news <laughs> I like how he's just pointing at the camera. That was awesome. Bad, bad news is coke. There's a new king in the world. I'm not going to call him the king, though. There's no, only one king. <laughs> there is only one true king. And we, we all know who that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I know you're excited. I am the king. I know That's you're excited right. here. I'm, I'm, I'm holding my breath. <laughs> you're, wait, you're holding, you're holding your breath? Yes. I certainly hope this isn't a 23 minute promo from Haku in the <laughs> ring to kick off Raw. <laughs> that would be a real weird use of Haku's talents. Just have him out there cutting 20-minute promo. Hey, wait, speaking of Haku, did you notice I sent you a couple of uh, interview YouTube clips? On on uh, uh, I sent them to you on your Skype. And oh, you did? Uh, it's, yeah, like, it, it's it's interviews of... Um, what? <laughs> no, it's, oh, I see them now. <laughs> yeah, click on them for a second. See what they are. Okay, the first one is from the Hannibal TV. Yep. Warlord on Haku nosebite incident. Holy shit. <laughs> that is everything I could have hoped for. And then click on the second one. And the second one is... <laughs> James Coco. <laughs> well, I know why you said this. Uh, James Coco, kayfabe, kayfabe. Uh, the Warlord on British Bulldog WWE feud. Holy crap. <laughs> That 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 warlord shoot promo might as well be the Gettysburg fucking address in my I world. Think, I think I'm gonna add the warlord to my list of personal letters I'm gonna send out to these WWE wrestlers. Did you send out your current letter yet? No, I haven't. Sent uh-huh. it. I'm gonna do that this weekend. I promise. Am I gonna have to keep browbeating you for that? Maybe. Maybe. His manager Bobby the Brain Heaton is standing by with him talking about the new royalty. You know when yes! King Haku's reign is going to be consummated. That is when he finishes off one man. The man's name is Hulk Hogan. The man that put King Harley Race out of professional wrestling. The man that caused him to go have major surgery. The man that has put him and kept him right now from making a livelihood. But there's a new king. I told you I'd find one. I told you I'd search the world and I've come up with a king that nobody can destroy. Not even you, Hulk Hogan. So all you so-called tough guys get in line. And I mean, well, starting with you, Hogan. And we're going to go right through you real quick because you see to top off this crown and this beautiful robe would be some nice gold around the waist. Talking to you, macho man. Well, King Haku, with not much to say, but as usual, his vociferous <laughs> manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan, has said it all. King I'm a man Haku of few words. Any questions? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, so the, the following week, superstars, we got Demolition. Oh, nice. Oh, George the Animal Steel. That must be one of his last appearances. And then an interview with the Rougeaus where uh, news is going oh. to be made. Oh, we get Dino Bravo as well, along with Ted DiBiase. Oh, and the oh, Warrior, too. Boy. And the blue blazer. But it looks like we get it looks like we get DiBiase in his 
in the green suit, which I love Ooh. the green suit. Well, that was because he kept his green suit in his fall residence in Bel Air, Carol, California. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, if that house was near uh, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air house. I believe it was. Don't you remember that episode of Fresh Prince where he came on and did a cameo? You like, don't remember that? Don't you remember that episode of Fresh Prince where... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where DBIC steals a bunch of money and he yeah. has to go before uh, the judge who happens to be uh, played by uh, Sherman Helmsley. Yes. Don't you? You don't remember that? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I you, I know Fresh Prince is on HBO Max and I've been meaning to watch it, but I've gotten distracted by other shows such as. Well, is it the old version or the new version? Didn't they no, do the, a new no, show? No. Yeah. I have no I have no interest in that. I'm no, talking to the the old version for which okay. I I remember that show being really good for like the first four years and then mm-hmm. it it falling off a cliff. Mm. Probably when they replaced the Vi- and Viv, right? Yeah, they probably yeah. he probably misses his old Aunt Viv. <laughs> <laughs> he misses his old Viv. That's your answer for everything, Winston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad we were able to 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 squeeze this in somehow. Sure. Maybe, maybe we could maybe we could squeeze another one in before you guys start. We got down, oh. we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. Sorry, sorry, Cal. Well, before if you, you want to, you go gallivanting around California. Yeah, I was gonna say we should. If you want to pull back the curtain, in a rare instance, we're recording on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Like after work, because I have to trot hot to trot out to the west coast uh next week and i will be out there so you were you i said i go hey why don't we try to squeeze in a show in between fucking home games for the goddamn bruins and you went okay (laughs) when when do do you get back from california uh monday on halloween actually oh okay so there's gonna be crossover of when i'm away and when you're away so now I got to figure out who's going to feed my cat during. Um... <laughs> well, don't yeah. forget, I still have your key. <laughs> that's that's right, but we 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 can we can schedule that in a little bit. That's, oh, good. Uh, that's okay. no big deal. When but... are you going away? Where... Oh yeah, that's right. You're going to Florida, right? Yes, the 29th to the fifth. So. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to be doing my second stand-up routine, my second stand-up act in in L.A. Um, oh, now he does a now he does a stand up routine in L.A. I don't care what you say anymore, Keithy, because it's your life. It's right. Da, it's da, it. da, 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 da. You know what, Keithy? You and I, we are two regular bosom buddies. I love that show. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. And they had the, the fake the fake Billy Joel My Life theme. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was like the half Billy Joel. <laughs> it was like half Joel. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. No, yeah. That's always like there was somebody one time posted on Facebook. It was it was Billy Joelberg. <laughs> it was Billy Joel's face. On Goldberg's body. <laughs> and I just thought it was like the funniest looking thing I've ever seen. You know, I Billy thought Joelberg. You know, I thought Billy Joelberg was a pretty <laughs> shitty musician. He should be out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Billy Joelberg. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, well, on that note. 
on on that note, uh, we got you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll bounce to a WCW show at at some point. You know, okay. no promises that it'll be the next one, but because uh, because all of them are on YouTube. Um, now I know that you were on uh, Freak Out Drive In with yes. uh, Jennifer Smith watching the movie Basket Case from 1982. Yes. And yes. I, I have already listened, and it's outstanding, and I recommend everybody go check oh, that you. out on thank the you. No So Connection podcast feed. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Not, not, not to swallow your, you know, up your plug there, but no, I, you know what I, and that's the funny thing is, whenever I'm doing these new shows now, they're like, oh, do you have anything to plug? And I'm like, oh my god. And then I always go, well, you can always hear me on uh, Greetings from Allentown, GFA Live. Uh, and then I'm like, wait, what is he on? And then I go, and then I do like you, I go on, uh, you know, Apple Podcast or uh, SoundCloud. And then I always throw Spotify because we also are on Spotify. And- yeah, I always, I always forget that. Like, I yeah. one day I like submitted the RSS, and uh, and hopefully this song will not, uh, this song, this podcast will not have the RSS issues that we experienced. Uh, oh, good. In so, the past. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, yeah, so for for anybody who you know has enjoyed this this thing of Oz that well, <laughs> I don't think we've heard from Phil this entire show, have no, we? No, Phil has been we have no Phil's been quiet. Yeah, so is the rest of the fucking drops because uh, apparently Pete's got to read. Don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Well, yeah. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd take him outside, and put him out right now. Well, I, I I did post the uh, Phil nauseating tweet for the Bruins New Jerseys that came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, not happy yeah. about that at no, all. Not at all. If fucking nauseating. They're fucking yeah, horrible. They're fucking horrible looking. Yeah. So yeah, a five star review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted. Advise with us listening to enjoying this podcast. I'm on Twitter at. GF Allentown Pod. Keep these on Twitter at Flounder824. And tune in next time for another exciting edition of GFA Live. With Billy Joelberg. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Turn that off.